0: busy, busy, busy. I found that one of the biggest obstacles for good people to make a difference in the world is succumbing to the allure of busy and all that follows. That has certainly been one of my biggest challenges and I want to address that today. So how do we stop the endless hamster wheel of busyness? We'll discuss today on a special episode of the Happiness Playbook, How Stillness is the Key. Welcome to The Happiness Playbook, a podcast where we explore the why and how of happiness. I'm your host, Neil Hooper, and I just wanted to remind you that life is a team sport, so let's play together. Okay, for today's highlight reel, this is an interesting one. A man in Israel noticed the unmistakable shape of a sword during a recreational dive, and it turned out to be a 900-year-old relic from the Crusades. Encrusted with shells and marine life, it's not clear if the sword was from the Muslim or European side, but it's now in possession of the Israeli Antiquity Authority for further study. (laughs) So this guy's out on just a recreational dive. He's looking through and he sees this sword and turns out to be a 900 year old piece of treasure from the Crusades. What a beautiful example of being present. But not just being present so that he could observe and see the sword, but also he was on a recreational diet. He was taking time to recharge and that is so important and we're going to talk a lot more about that today. Last week, we discussed how to navigate embarrassment and particularly the power of laughing at yourself. So how did it go? Did you leverage the power of humor to put pride aside and move past embarrassment? When you have an embarrassing experience or your pride is wanting to show up because of a mistake, laugh at yourself. Okay, This is so powerful. I had so many opportunities to do this last week. And it is such an effective vehicle to move past embarrassment and to keep moving forward. So I hope that you can keep laughing at yourself in healthy ways. And laughing with yourself if you make a funny joke. I do that too. Before we get into our practice, it's time for our team huddle. So gather around. For today's team huddle, I have some very kind words to share from a truly amazing individual, Dana Sanders, who said, Not a lot of things are life-changing or live up to their hype. Play theory is and does. I've been practicing the play theory tools for many years and can say that the well depth is infinite. The tools you can gain from understanding and implementing the plays from the happiness playbook will be ones that will forever help you and those whom you care about to create more happiness in your relationships, work, and play. Dana Sanders, if you don't know her, A, I feel sorry for you because she's amazing, but she is truly on our MVP list. For play theory people. I've known Dana for years, and it is so abundantly clear that she strives every day to apply the concepts we discuss here on the Happiness Playbook. I'm so grateful for Dana Sanders' influence in my life personally, but just on Team Happiness that she is out there doing so many amazing things. Dana, we love you. Thank you for your kind words. Have a magical week. Okay, let's get into our practice. Being busy is often worn as a badge of honor. Do you know anyone like that? I know I'm guilty. You know, we say, oh, I'm so busy. And we kind of broadcast that fact to the world almost as if it's something to be applauded. But is it? Today, I want to discuss the power of being still and how that relates to being present. And there are some super good things to talk about here. And I got to tell you, I shifted gears a little bit on today's topic. Originally, I was going to talk about productivity, but I had just finished reading a book called Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday, and I just couldn't help but want to share it with you because it's so good. And so I'm going to touch on that today. And actually, today is going to be a little bit like a short book review, which is kind of a fun format. We've done that with movies, and so we're just trying it out with a book today. And this... <laughs> This episode is going to be packed full of applicable actions that you can take to find more stillness and to be more present in your life. It's a deep dive on stillness. And so let's start with how he defines stillness and how applicable it is to being present. Let's be honest. It is very hard to be still and to find stillness in today's world, right? You got your phone. You got the constant barrage of advertisements. If you're on your computer, like it's impossible to find stillness, almost unless you're listening to a mindfulness uh, YouTube video and you have your eyes closed. But aside from that, it is just really hard. And I love how he describes stillness because it can be misunderstood. And he says, this is a quote from the book, stillness is not an excuse to withdraw from the affairs of the world. Quite the opposite. It's a tool to let you do more good for more people. Stillness then is actually a way to superior performance. And I love this distinction that stillness is not intended to be a vacation necessarily from the hustle and bustle of life, although that certainly can be the case, but it's about what we will then turn around and do for others with our renewed and grounded version of ourselves. It really is a way for us to to level up and to become a better version of ourselves. A key principle in the book is essentialism. One of our biggest struggles is determining what is truly important and where to focus our energy and effort. We discussed this on episode 57 on yes anding undesirable offers and the importance of knowing what to say yes to and what to validate and redirect. And the temptation to tend to every task and ask that comes our way will destroy our chances to have stillness and presence. And I personally suffer from this constantly. (laughs) And I know it's my own doing, but I am just loving this journey of finding ways to create stillness and make room for it in my life. A quote by Herbert Simon is a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention and when you remove attention from your life and you're not paying attention you can obviously see the damage that can cause in order to think clearly it is essential that each of us figures out how to filter out the inconsequential from the essential. It's not enough to be inclined toward deep thought and sober analysis. A leader must create time and space for it. He continues with, The important stuff will still be important by the time you get to it. The unimportant will have made its insignificance obvious or simply disappeared then with stillness rather than needless urgency or exhaustion, you will be able to sit down and give what deserves consideration your full attention. This is so applicable when it comes to texts and emails. Okay. That is an example that I think we can all relate to, right? We get a text or we get an email and we kind of feel this need to respond immediately. And in this world of immediacy, there we've put a lot of value on that, on immediate response, on, on being quick to respond. But in reality, if you can create systems and space for those replies to happen at a certain time of the day, or just simply wait, what's truly urgent and important will still be so by the time you get to it. I love that. Remember that's what time is. It's your life. It's your flesh and blood that you can never get back. When we know what to say no to, we can say yes to the things that matter. Oh, discover this for yourself. I hope that we can internalize this concept of essentialism that he just so beautifully portrays in the book because it is key to finding stillness, presence, and happiness. Take the time to really determine your process for essentialism and determining what is important and what can wait. That will pay dividends. He touches on the idea of intentional recreation and downtime. And this was really good for me to hear because in my hustle and bustle, I rarely make time to just engage in recreational hobbies. And that's important. And just like the guy in our highlight reel who found the ancient sword on a recreational dive, which was leisure, right? He didn't have to be out there. It was, I assume it's a hobby of his, but he wound up finding an ancient treasure. While we might not find actual treasure as we make time for recreational hobbies, we will find more fulfillment and presence in our lives. We'll be recharged and more able to take on the tasks and responsibilities that await us. But we have to make time for recreational hobbies, whether it's running, golfing, making uh, crafts, painting, whatever it is. We need to make time for these things because they recharge us. It's enjoyable. It feeds our souls. The last principle from the book that I wanted to touch on is deep thinking. This chapter was really great, and I realized just how little deep thinking I've been doing, especially lately. I've been so busy lately, and I just don't make time for deep thinking. But it's amazing, and he beautifully articulates this concept in the book. He says, we have to get better at thinking deliberately and intentionally about the big questions, on the complicated things, on understanding what's really going on with a person or a situation, or with life itself. We have to do the kind of thinking that 99% of the population is just not doing, and we have to stop doing the destructive thinking that they spend 99% of their time doing. Oh, so much to unpack here, but deep thinking is the key to really internalizing concepts, to giving space for ideas to flourish and for strategies about your life and insights about your life to come into your mind and heart. How often do you create space for and take the time to think deeply? So I gotta share a quick story here because when I was in corporate America, I would go into the bathroom and I'd bring my phone and it was just like this time for me to escape, right? and I would just be in there, and I'd just be on my phone, and I'd just waste time. I'd veg. I'd, you know, kind of numb out, and I realized that this wasn't helping me. The anxiety sometimes would be worse coming back to my desk, and so I made the intentional decision to, instead of bringing my phone to the bathroom, leaving that at my desk and bringing a notepad, and what transpired during that time, I did that for about, oh gosh, a few months. I had some of the most (laughs) insightful thoughts and it was just time away from my phone and the computer and the busyness just with my thoughts and a notepad. And the thoughts that I captured during that season of life were the beginnings of a a framework for goal setting and productivity for an amazing program that I actually just launched called the Achievement Tribe. It's now a planner and a framework and an accountability group and it was that time that I took to intentionally think deeply and to capture those thoughts in my notepad where the framework for everything now that I'm doing with that program and I'm so grateful for that. I'm not always good at this and in fact I'm most of the time very terrible at making time for deep thinking but I can tell you firsthand the power that can come from that and that's a very tangible example. Deep thinking is crucial to our long-term growth and happiness and is a powerful way for us to be present with principles that can help us grow in powerful ways. If we're only hearing truth And not giving it time to marinate, we're not going to be able to apply it. Be present is the first principle in the happiness playbook because without it, we cannot absorb or apply the other principles. And this deep thinking is just expert level presence, right? This is how we really get deep into being present with something. And this is also really fun to do with other people. My wife and I love to do deep thinking together about a concept and just create a safe space for us to explore thoughts together. In the book, he wraps up the importance of deep thinking by stating, this is why each of us needs to sit down and examine ourselves. What do we stand for? What do we believe to be essential and important? What are we really living for? Deep in the marrow of our bones, in the chambers of our heart, we know the answer. The problem is that the busyness of life, the realities of pursuing a career and surviving in the world come between us and that self-knowledge. As you really strive to deeply think, you are going to level up in ways that you cannot imagine. And that is a great segue into our play of the week. I want you to set aside 10 minutes at least. But I would highly recommend doing more than that. Give yourselves you know, 20 plus minutes to just think about a topic. And I want you to write down a topic, grab a notepad, leave your phone in the other room, find a nice quiet place. If it happens to be the bathroom, I know from personal experience that works great. But then set a timer or or just take 10 minutes to think deeply about a topic and capture your thoughts and I want to hear how this goes for you and again in the busyness of life this is hard to do okay it's going to be so easy a week from now you hop back on here and you didn't make time for it okay that's the normal that's the the mediocre effort okay but I want you to make extra effort this week to carve out that time and to actually deeply think for at least 10 minutes with a notepad and no distractions Wow, so much goodness today. Overall, this book, Stillness is the Key, is phenomenal. Especially for the busy folk who get caught up in the hustle of life, guilty, and need the important reminder that stillness is the key. The narration on Audible is amazing and I loved all the stories quotes and applications of what Ryan Holiday is teaching us the listener I highly recommend this book to all our players on team happiness and just to wrap up with this amazing quote from the book be present and if you've had trouble with this in the past that's okay that's the nice thing about the present it keeps showing up to give you a second chance Doesn't matter how bad you were yesterday or the week before, today is a new day. Be present. Find that stillness because it is the key. Wow, what a jam-packed episode. I hope you got as much out of that as I did. Again, I can't wait to hear your thoughts. After you've read the book, please send us a note, leave us a review, and send some love our way. Want to know how to practice happiness in social settings amid peer pressure and anxiety? jump in next week to learn more. We might even have a special guest for you and we'll dive way deeper into that. Don't miss it. Find stillness this week. Make time for deep thought, recreation, and stillness. Remember to be present and don't miss out on the beauty of each moment as it passes. And of course, remember that happiness is a skill and life is a team sport. And boy, am I glad to have you on the team. Catch you next week.